Collective Awakening Podcast. Sharing truth and knowledge in this time of conscious awakening with Chris and Stephen. Hello friends and welcome to the Collective Awakening Podcast. Chris and Stephen in the same location tonight as well. So it's a pleasure to be with you and welcome to all our friends and welcome back to our guest uh, Robert Goodwin, uh, Transmedium and Robert spoke to us last time in a previous episode when he talked about his spiritual journey and many, many other subjects. We know it's going to continue on from that, be a very interesting talk this evening. Uh, we welcome everybody who's going to be watching us live and if you have any questions throughout this talk this evening, please feel free. This is an open space where you can join in and be part of things this evening. So, Robert, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure to be with you. And, uh, yeah, part two. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, part two. And and I really felt last time when we spoke that um, by the end of the conversation, it had really warmed up and there was so much more. Um, but we are bound by time on the earth plane as well, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'd love to start this evening, uh, Rob, with talking more about your transmediumship work and your actual development into transmediumship and working with White Feather. And how did that begin? Uh, how did it physically begin and spiritually begin? I won't bore you with with all the the, the, the lead up to it. Um, other than to say that um, I'd had a number of uh, sort of things happen to me that led to me um, going to a local spiritualist church. Um, it was suggested, you know, I might find some answers there. And I, I started going uh, every Sunday morning. It was one of those churches where they had a morning service and an evening service, a rare thing these days. And this little rare, church yeah. was... This little church was Earlsbury Gardens in Perry Bar, part of Birmingham. And I started getting messages uh, every week. You know, it was almost embarrassing. Every week a different medium would give me uh, uh, evidence and messages. And it became uh, evident that, that, you know, I'd got some work to do in terms of, of development and, and, and mediumship. I didn't know what. Um, I was interested at the time in, in, in spiritual healing um, but uh, when I was asked to join a circle, a, a guy came up after a, a morning service and uh, he came up from the back of the church and he said, I've been listening, he said, the last few weeks to all the messages you've been getting. I wonder if you'd like to join my development circle. Um, it's a closed circle. We hold it here at the church and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how you go. So I said, I'd love to, you know, give it, give it a try. Um, and it was held every Friday, Friday evening, and it was in a little, um, a little air raid shelter behind the church that was was actually converted from being a brick <laughs> air raid shelter Amazing. into a, into a circle. So no one else went in there, only the people that were sitting in the circle, and there was about I guess about ten of us, um, and you know they'd built the energy up in that in that room. And when I say the energy, it was almost, well, it was palpable. You could almost cut it with a knife. It, that's how, it was like walking into, um, I don't know, an, an electromagnetic field, really. You could feel it, you know. Um, 
And I started sitting, you know, with the intention of, of maybe developing healing. Um, but spirit had got other ideas unbeknownst to me. Um, and I started getting this, these feelings of being overshadowed. Um, and this went on, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out. And it built up to the point where I felt I, I, there was something I wanted to say or something that, that I needed to get out, you know, through me or from me. Didn't know what it was. And, and this one evening, it was so intense. It was, uh, I, I just I just stood up and, and this voice came through me. And it wasn't White Feather. It was, uh, from what I remember, it was a, 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 a guy that whilst he was alive on earth was a farmer. And, mm-hmm. and he just said a few words. I can't even remember what was said now. Very, very simple, few words. And then I sat down again, and, and that was the catalyst. Really, the, the door was opened, if you like, from from then from then on. Um, and shortly after that, this 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 uh, more uh, evolved, eloquent teacher started to speak through me. He didn't give me a name, um, but it it was clear that he was a teacher and he was a philosopher, and that's how it sort of started. And he came through every week. You know, usually in the first sort of ten or fifteen minutes of the of the hour meditation, he would come through and speak for about ten or fifteen minutes. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't until, uh, without a word of a lie, it wasn't until two or three years after he started using me as an instrument that I found out his name. Um, and the reason for that, and he, and he said this to many people over the years that spirit will sometimes hold back the name. They won't, they won't reveal the name, not because they're being secretive or, or, you know, cunning or anything like that, simply because once they give a, a name to, to a medium, the medium's going to focus on that name. It's like yeah. you say to anybody, you know, this is going to happen to you. They're going to start worrying about it. They're going to focus on yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so guides, I find generally won't jump in and do that. You know, only only when you're ready will they do that. So that's that's how it started. And um, I sat in that circle for I guess about six six and a half years, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it would be interesting for those uh, listening or watching, Rob, with that as well as maybe if you could explain a little bit more about overshadowment what what that sort of means because i feel that's a very yeah important thing to talk about um yeah. because i feel a lot of people in in home circles can experience this and and i don't know what your thoughts are but i feel that's a very very sensitive time for anybody who's going to work with spirit on that level when uh, it's easy to retreat in a way and go well i don't understand this or maybe it's not being understood so a little bit about overshadowment yeah yeah, well, as, as you know, there's different levels of, of, of um, spirit control. I'll use the word control or, or inspiration. There's different levels. And, in fact, the overshadowing bit started for me before I even joined the circle, and I didn't know what it was. Um, I used to sit at home, still living at home then with my mum and dad, and I used to go into their front room, um, put a bit of music on, sit in the dark, and, and just just uh, just meditate, uh, 
And that's when I first noticed the overshadowing, which for me was like a, a presence, just as though someone was, you know, when, when, you, when you've got your eyes closed and you feel that someone's close to you, you know, mm. um, you, yeah. you, you can be, even be in, in, a, in a normal situation anywhere and, you, and someone's sort of in your space and you turn around, you just, you sense them there. Um, but it wasn't frightening. It was very um, comforting. It was a warm feeling. It was almost like a, um, I say to people, like a, a blanket, warm, comforting blanket being put around me. And I felt a tremendous love with it. Um, and that's what I call overshadowing, which was literally the, the spirit guides coming into my aura, into my energy field, and just making contact. Um, mm. And, of course, when I started sitting in a circle, you know, anyone that sits in a development circle, if it's a good circle, if it's well run um, and you've got the right blend of people, you, you feel safe, you yeah. feel nurtured, you feel secure, and, and that, that's, that brings about confidence. Uh, and, and, you know, you can go deeper. And that's what happens, really. You go into a deeper state uh, a deeper state of consciousness or your consciousness shifts and allows the spirit guide to come in to come closer and blend closer with you and then that's when all all you know sort of wonderful things can start to happen um yeah so it's, a, it's a journey really from from a lighter overshadowing to a deeper state where you're going into a control where the guide with your agreement of course you yeah. surrender you surrender that uh you know you give them that, that agreement and they will take control of your mental faculties they don't kick you know people think the old fear was that you know somehow you were going to be taken over and your your spirit body was going to be moved out and would you get back you know and all these sort of silly yeah. ideas that people had I, it's like that it's, it's a mental connection yeah, I always say, Rob, it's not like the film Ghost, where Whoopi Goldberg sat there and people are jumping in one after another. I've used that analogy a few times. That's not the way it works. It's all no. agreed, and, and they'll no. have a good idea of who will be there. And, um, you know, but what I find interesting as well, as this process was happening for you, how was it received by the circle members as well? Did, did they um, have questions, or how was it received? Um, well, the, the the guy that ran the circle, I refer to as my mentor, was was a, a trans medium himself. So he was sympathetic to what was happening. And there was also another trans medium uh, sit, already sitting in the circle before I joined. And in fact, I remember early, early on, I'd only been there a couple of weeks. And this guy, in fact, I think I was sitting next to him went into a trance state um, and a little girl spoke through him. Um, I think her name was Maisie. I could be wrong, but she came through. And, and I mean, this guy was, a, I suppose he, he was a, in his 60s at the time, quite a deep voice. And this little, little girl's voice spoke through him in trance. Um, I mean, I, I was just, uh, you know, I, I was amazed at the time. I'd never seen or heard anything like this. Um, so, so that sort of, um, you know, interested me. I didn't think at the time, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, I didn't model myself on that. I didn't think for one minute I'd be working in, in, in the trance state like that. 
Um, but it showed me that the, the, the circle understood trance. They weren't afraid of it. They, they welcomed it, really. Um, and I, I, it was the right circle. You know, they say that you don't have to knock, the, uh, you know, push the door down. It, it, the door will open for you. You know, if the time's yeah. right, you know, you don't have to ask. You'll just be led there. And I couldn't have had a better, a better, a better leader and a better group of people, really. Did you, did you go back to the other shadow mind side? Because we found that in our journey, um, a lot of people that have an interest in the trance that have this doubt that can come in, and sometimes people that are overshadowed or in the early stages of trance, that you'll have people that will say, "Why, well, if you're not in full trance, you can't be in trance." So that's where sometimes um, developing mediums get quite scared and they feel that is it them is it spirit so a lot of doubt can come in then and i think having the right sitters is very important now did you have any doubt in the beginning or did you just have 100 percent trust in what you were going through or what advisement can you give to people as well that are going through that yeah i think it's i think it's human nature to have a little bit of doubt um and i know some really good top mediums um, who still at times doubt themselves when it comes to trance mm. because it's human nature to think, you know, is this, is this my own mind? You know, um, am I making all this up? You know, does it really, is it really the truth? Um, yeah. Which is why spirit will often say, you know, test us out, get, get a confirmation that, that um, we are who we say we are. Um, and there's something I said to before we started tonight, I'm going to share with you about some information that's come through to me after all these years in the last month or so from the other side of the world. I'll share that with you in a moment. But it's good that you can check out the guide. You can get proof of, of the identity and, and the fact that they are who they say they are. And I think that gives you confidence. Um, and once you, you start getting information through that you realise or, or others around you realise couldn't possibly be from yourself because it's so knowledgeable, so wise, so eloquently spoken um, yeah. that it, it doesn't leave much room for, for doubt, you know. And, and like anything, you know, once you become more proficient at it, you, you know, you get confidence. And one one thing feeds the other, really. But in the early days, I think it's – in fact, that guy I mentioned whose little little girl spoke through him, he was always full of self-doubt. He was always on the point of quitting. You know, I'm not going to sit again. I can't, you know, I can't. And, and the circle leader, I can remember now, you know, had to reassure him that he, he wasn't cheating, he wasn't fooling himself. You know, it was genuine. Yeah. But he was a kind of personality. That was his. That was his personality. He was, he was full of self doubt, really, which was a shame, really, because in in a way, I think he it inhibited, you know, his development. Um, but there you go. I mean, the thing is, if you if you're in a good circle and it's well run, and the circle leaders keeping an eye on things, talking to the guides, encouraging them, bringing them through, then I think that that's mm. that's the best thing you can find, you know. Uh, and it, it breeds it breeds confidence. I think. I think I think you've got some amazing advice there. But I just want to mention, ask you a question. So, when you were in the early stages of trance and you were developing, 
was there any sort of physical changes that you had to amend in your life at home? So we often talk about, uh, you know, your spiritual path, our spiritual path, and that your physical path has to be pretty stable or pretty balanced. And did you have to make any changes in your life? Was your partner, um, was she, did, did she understand it? Did she support you? That's all variables as well, isn't it? It I, is, I yeah. I mean, at the time I started to develop, I, I was single. I was only 17. Uh, I was still living at home, um, so so that that wasn't an issue. Um, it only became a slight issue when uh, I think it was about when I was tw I was seventeen. Then it was twenty three when I got married. I I I, I, I found um, you know my partner and I got married, and they thought then at the time the circle. I remember them saying, "Oh, you're not going to leave, are you, Rob? You know, you're doing so well. You're not going to leave." <laughs> You know, um, and the following year, my daughter was born. So I, I dealt with all that while still sitting and developing in the circle. And I started on the platform when I was 24. So I'd got all this going on. Wow. Same I was trying to balance yeah. work and home life and a, and a, and a baby. Um, but, you know, um, I was committed to it. I, I was um, – it's been a lifelong commitment, you know. I've, de I've, I've devoted my, my entire adult life, really, to, to doing this work. So um, I think if you make that commitment, you know, providing you, you know, you keep a roof over your head and, and you, you keep your health, you know, I think what you put in, you, you'll get back from spirit. You know, that's, that's what I found. But apart from making adjustments, as you say, your question, I mean, there's always things that, I've, I've adhered to simple things like try and look after yourself, try and respect your body, you know, in terms of diet, keep away from drugs, obviously. I like a drink. I'll, I'll have a beer or a glass of wine. I never drink and work with spirit on the same day, within the same 24 hours. Um, so that, that's a rule that I've always stuck to. Never mix the spirits, as I say to people. <laughs> you know, and, and try and try and live a live a good life. We're not perfect, are we? You know, I've got no. I've got you know things that I wish I hadn't done or said. You know, none of us are perfect. We're not here to be saints. We're here to to to, to learn and to to experience. You know, but generally, providing you're not some kind of crook, you're trying to do people down or hurt people, then you know pretty well. You know, you're okay. Uh, and spirit will work with you, you know. Um, they know what's in your heart. That's the main thing, you know. They know if you've got a good mm. heart. Um, so, so those are the adjustments, yeah. really. Try and keep a good balance, a lifestyle balance between work, home life, and spirit. But, you know, if you can – one of the golden rules I always say to people, and I've followed this through from the early days, is if you make a commitment to um, – meet with spirit whether it's development or working in public or whatever it is keep keep to that commitment the time the place you know we used to sit in the same same chair in the same room at the same time every week week in week out and it's making a commitment and spirit will know you're going to be there you know they're going to be there they know you're going to be there you know, um, and, and it's it's a meeting of, of minds, meeting of spirits, you know. 
Uh, if you mess people about, you know, if, well, I don't feel like going this week, you know, or I'll leave it a couple of weeks, or if you turn up late or you can't be bothered, you're not going to get it. You're not going to develop. You know, you put the work in, you you get you get the results. That's what I've found. Yeah, it'll it'll always be met that um, that 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 you're willing to give will you know will will enhance the, the work that you're wanting to do. You know, making commitments and and the simple commitments like sitting at the same time, sitting on a particular day, uh, being committed. Where you're saying you know pretty much um, unless a real emergency comes up, I will be there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. No matter what. I think, you know, thinking back, I think in all that six and a half years I sat, I think without a word of a lie, if I missed, you know, half a dozen um, sittings, you know, I could count it on one hand the number of, of times I missed. And then it was usually because I was either on holiday or, uh, you know, I had a, had a heavy cold or flu or something like that. Um, yeah. So. I just want I just want to go back on your development of trance um, because there's a lot of controversial discussions about trance and the movement uh, in all spectrums and I'd love to hear what your opinion is now as myself and, and Chris we do trance as well and I remember on my first experience it's i sat i just sat in a home circle which is is still running now after 40 odd years and it was so natural where i had no ambition to be anything i was happy just to sit and send out and obviously spirit have different plans don't they rob spirit will know exactly the gift and the love in your heart and the, and perhaps part of your divine purpose before you saw the contract but there is also on the other spectrum where there is a lot of developing groups that want to develop trance. And what is your opinion then? Because I find that home circles being the most natural way of just sitting with the right sitters, developing naturally, but also you have to also open the doors up for people that have an interest. So what is the balance? What's your thoughts? I'll yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for home circles. I think they are the bedrock, really, the foundation of spiritualism. Um, uh, as to developing a, a specific type of mediumship, I mean, as I said in my own case, I, I, I mean, I do, I do a bit of healing now. I, I thought I was going to develop purely as a healer, but yeah. I'd obviously already got the potential you know, un, unbeknownst to myself, to develop as a trans medium, which, which is what spirit wanted and what is what happened. And I think, you know, for people who say, well, we're going to sit for trance or we're going to sit for physical or, or we're going to sit for this or that, that's fine if, if they've got the interest and, and, and the commitment. But there's no guarantee that just yeah. because they want physical mediumship or they want trans mediumship, that that's what they're going to get because it depends mm. on the potential and, and the makeup of the sitters. And, 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 and you know, if, they, if, if none of them have the capacity or capability for real transmediumship, you're never going to get past first base. You might get a bit of inspirational mm. speaking, you know, or you'll get other things developed, maybe clairvoyance or something, or a bit of healing. But if you haven't got the constitution for trance, then it's not going to develop. 
no matter how many I mean, I know people who, who sat for years and, and got yeah. nothing at all. And, and you know, and it wasn't for the one to try in. I remember Gordon Higginson saying to me uh, years and years ago, you can't make a medium. Mediums are born, not created. So you've got to have the, the basic elements, you know, you've got to have the makeup, the ingredients, if you like. If you're going to make a cake, you've got to have the right ingredients. Otherwise, you ain't going to have a very good cake, you know. So if you've got the ingredients and you put it in the right place at the right time with the right, you know, the right setup, then, then it, should, it should come to fruition. Um, and if you if you hear the stories, Rob, like yourself and other very well-known trans mediums have developed in the most unusual way, the most natural way where they just sat, oh, I'm just sitting here in the circle sending out, bang, it just happens. It's yeah. so strange, isn't it? It is strange. I mean, I'll give you, I'll tell you this now. This is this is the way it works the other way around because I, I'd been working in trance for a number of years um, and I had an interest in physical mediumship and I thought, mm, I'll have a go at that. I fancy, you know, I, I was drawn to it. Um, and we built, um, I, I built a cabinet to sit in, you know, with, we painted it black yeah. with black curtains and a red lighting and whatever. And we, we had a group of people and I sat in the, in the cabinet um for weeks months and uh we got no physical phenomena whatsoever and i thought yeah you know i know it takes time for physical mediumship it can take years but spirit gave me an answer uh in one of the the mental circles mental mediumship circles they gave me a message one night it didn't come through anybody else it came directly to me and it was in it was in latin now, I don't know Latin. I didn't do Latin from, from, at school. Uh, and I, I didn't understand what it meant. And I said to the circle people after the, you know, we, we, we'd come back in, out of the meditation. I said, look, I've had this message tonight and it's in Latin. And I remembered it. It was only a short few words. And I said, does anybody know what it means? Uh, and this one person said, yeah, it means unsuitable person. So what's been me, as hard as it was, that I wasn't cut out to be a physical medium. Stick, wow. to, stick to what I knew, what, what I was good at, what I'd come here for, which was a trance. So, you know, that was that stopped me wasting everyone's time because it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. And yet some that. some mediums, you know, they are physical mediums. You put them in that yeah, yeah. in that environment and boom, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go. I find that so interesting. A few points that's been mentioned is particularly within a circle, the it's best in a way, you know, as long as your heart is in the right place and you're following your passion, just go with the flow. And quite often, quite lightheartedly over the years, our guides and teachers that we work with in spirit will say, if we were to tell you what's going to happen in a year or two years, you'd probably run out the door. <laughs> you know, and like you say, it's not like spirit um, uh, trap us or coerce us, but they're gently guiding us along and giving us the pieces and working with us That's uh, right. into that right moment because they see that potential that perhaps we don't always see uh, as well. That's true. Very, very, very true. 
Uh, and the other thing is, you know, is to is to work with them as well. Ask them questions. If there's anything you don't understand, you're not happy with, ask them, you know, say, can, can you give me an answer? If they don't give it you directly, then they will give it you through someone else, through another sitter or even someone you don't even know, you know. Might not be there and then, but you'll get an answer. Um, yeah. And and interestingly, you know that that sort of if I can just share this with you, um, when it comes to guides and going back to what we said about guides giving you their names and identity, you know, I, I've I've been to places and I've had people come up to me after a, a demonstration, and they say, you know, oh, you've got. I remember one guy came up to me one one evening. He said, "You've got Julius Caesar up there with you." And I wasn't rude to him. I just, I just smiled. I just looked at him. I said, oh, "Right, okay, thank, thank you for that." You know, um, and I thought, "No, I haven't. I haven't got Julius Caesar, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it if you've given it to me. You know, in politeness, and I'll check it out. You know." Yeah. Um, and you should always, if you get a name, if you get given a name, always check it out. Um, find out if the person is if there's any records about them whilst they were alive, and we've had a few of those which which have been proven to be correct, or if it's someone going back like White Feather, hundreds of years, yeah. and you, no factual evidence really. You know how do you know? How do you know it's it's not figments of your own imagination? You know, or, or you've got it wrong. Um, I remember a couple of mediums given me the name White Feather independently. Um, and I hadn't told them that was who was with me. So they, they verified it for me. But the one I wanted to share with you happened only a month ago. Now, bear in mind how many years White Feather's been working, speaking through me. And he gave us where he came from. This, this is myself. I had this information. He gave us where he lived where the, 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 the name of his tribe when he was on the earth and how many years ago he lived on the earth. I've never shared that information. I might have shared a little bit about the tribe, um, but, but I never told anyone when he lived. You know, he's never answered that question, I don't think, publicly. Anyway, about three or four weeks ago, I had an email pop into my inbox of a guy in Canada, never heard of him. Uh, and he said, um, we've had a, a guy here I've been working with. He said, I've lost touch with him. But um, he's been channeling White Feather. And he says that um, White Feather uh, works through him. And he asked, he found out about you, he said, and he asked if it, if it, if it was the same White Feather that worked through you. And he was told that it was. So all this was unbeknownst to me. And then he said, the guy told us the name of the tribe, which was the Blackfoot. Tick the box. Uh, he, he lived in Montana, which was just sort of on the border of Canada and America. Ticks the box. He was part of the White Brotherhood. Yeah, tick the box. And he lived about 300, 350 years ago. That was the clincher because my white feather had told me that years ago. 
So this guy had got the same information independently wow. to anything I'll be given. And it was, I don't know whether that was, you know, I, they wanted me to know that, not that I, I, I needed to know it, but it was like confirmation after all these years, added confirmation that it was who he, who he says he was, you know. And the medium who, who uh, he was working through, he said, I've lost touch with him. He said, I think he's gone to the south of France. His name was another Robert, Bob, um, was it Stanton or Standen or something like that? I can't remember his surname. I've got it written down. And he said, if you hear anything about him, he said, let me know because I'd like to get in touch with him. And they've actually got a website called the White Brotherhood, I think. And there's a lot of information on there, a lot of teachings that have come through this, this other medium from White Feather and from the White Brotherhood. So, you know, wow. You know, you can't you can't get more more evidence than that, really. Amazing stuff. It just shows you the proof of spirit, doesn't it? That yeah. That after after all those years of devotion, but a word that keeps coming to my mind when we're talking about all this and our relationship with spirit is is the trust being the key to having trust in yourself and having faith in yourself and in in spirit as well, because it it takes incredibly a lot of courage to to do this kind of work. People think it's very easy, and the devotion and uh, the discipline, the practice that is required in this process is is very special, very very special. I'd say that's a, I'd say that's absolutely key to all mediumship, not just trance, all yeah. mediumship. I mean, there's there's I, I I've you know, done sort of uh, spiritualist services where you give a, an address and then you give clairvoyance over the many, many times. Um, and I know some wonderful mediums, you know, that a good clairvoyance give, give wonderful information and messages. But if you're standing up in front of someone and you're giving them a message from the platform, now I normally, I don't throw anything out there. I normally go straight to the person. I don't just chuck it out. You know, it's like some mediums do. I go straight to the person. And if you start giving them information and a message from spirit and they're saying, which sometimes happens, no, no, don't know, I don't know that. No, it doesn't mean anything. You can easily find yourself, whoa, you know, you're going into a black hole here and you, and you start, almost, you can feel the nerves coming up, you know. Yeah. And if you haven't got confidence in spirit, you can see why some people would, would panic. Um, yeah. And I remember Arthur Phelps saying to me when I was training, he said, as far as you're concerned, Bob, he said, if you get it from spirit and you give it out, it's the truth. Even if a person says no, no, as far as you're mm. concerned, if you've got it and you, you're confident enough to give it out, it's the truth. Yeah. If you don't, your guides won't know where they are. And the number of times I've had people come up to me over the years after a circle, oh, yeah, I remember now. I remember <laughs> yeah. now. You, know, you read, you yeah, read my thoughts, right? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you, you, you know, you think that's no good to me now. I needed that at the time. <laughs> I'll just share one message with you. I did a demonstration at King's Heath in Birmingham about five, six years ago. And I started off, it's the first thing I said. So I've got somebody here that liked the band Queen and he used to follow them. He went to the concerts, you know, and all this. He was a big Queen fan. So I'm looking out on about 40 people. Could have heard a pin drop. Nothing. 
Not a hand went up. Not a, oh, yeah, I can, uh, nothing at all. And I said, well, he's, he's here. You know, I've got this now. Nothing at all. So I thought, all right, leave it for now. Parked it there. Just went on, did the messages. End of the night, I came back to this woman at the front couple. I said, I don't know why. I said, I've got this, I've got this, uh, got this guy here again. He's saying about Queen. Oh, yeah, she said it was my son. So friendly. He was a big Queen fan. Followed them everywhere. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you stay out at the start of the evening? Yeah. But by the same token, you know, it, it validated, you know, if, if I needed it, it validated my own connection, you know. But these things I think happen. a lot of mediums, a lot of mediums have experienced that. And it can be, this is where, like you say, you've got to have that trust in, in um, you know, something I quite often say is, you know, you don't have to say you'll take this information, but please just remember I've said it because if it's right, it will drop. Yeah. And and I wanted to sort of connect that with what you said earlier about confirmation, because I find over the years when we've had a new teacher or guide working with us at the Purple Mountain, we will be bombarded with confirmation information or signs around it might be something in a book. A message, medium. Yeah, a message from a medium yeah. walking past uh, and there's a, the name of a street that <laughs> they convert, but that confirmation will be sent those spirit signs. Synchronicity. And it's yeah, synchronicity, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I do feel it's really important and it's uh, and that will always be given if it's right, I feel. Because yeah. we found in our experience you will be almost bombarded for a short space of time. True. To say this is very real, this is happening. It's it's not imaginary, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so I find that really important. But yeah, but yeah that I, I find that something uh, is in mediumship development as well. In in the clairvoyant side, that, that sometimes getting those no's can almost make when you're starting out, you want to shrink <laughs> and go, oh my god, you know. But that's when you have to hold hold your metal, take a breath, and trust yeah. in what you're receiving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen instances where I, I have seen mediums suffer as a result of it. You know, um, I won't mention any names, but I was at Stansted in in the in the um, in the big uh, room there where they have the services, and there was a, a famous medium. I won't mention a name, but she came through right at the start. First thing she said, "I've got a canary here." She said, "In spirit, a bird, a canary," and his name was Carey carry the canary and i thought wow that's that's amazing bit of information nobody took it nobody took it and she went on through the night she kept coming back to this carry the canary and, and at the end of the evening no not one person took it and i felt for her you know yeah. um i felt for her uh, my heart went out to her because i thought well that's a pretty you know pretty good piece of information providing it's it's right you know it's pretty it's pretty distinct you know it's not the kind of thing you just sort of pull out of nowhere um but maybe you know somebody didn't want to admit to it or, or for whatever reason couldn't remember it these things happen you know um but it didn't it didn't knock her confidence i mean she had a good night but i felt for her but yeah, yeah. so it's uh, it can be an amazing path of learning the the journey um, and I, I suppose what I wanted to get onto with this as well is not only sort of on your mediumship journey, what have been the big sort of lessons that you've learned along the way? 
uh, as your developments moved on that you've you've um, that may have been challenging at the time, but you got wow, I really learned something off that experience. I really gained from it. It enhanced my, my development. Yeah, I think really, um, probably, I think it's a good question. That is um, probably when I've done live things with White Feather. Certainly for the last sort of 25 years, my wife has sat at the side of me and she sort of, um, she knows the guide very well. And when it comes to the question and answers, she will field the questions. In other words, she'll, you know, I'll come for the gentleman at the back or I'll come for the lady over there, you know, to, to ask the question. Um, and because of the nature of people, and the number of, of, of demonstrations we've done over the years, you're always going to get one or two instances where somebody takes objection to what the guides said. Um, yeah. Some people even come to, to have a go, believe it or not, you know. Um, yeah, they come to stir up, you know. What, I, I can normally see them before I sit down, you know. Um, but, but White Feather, I mean, this is a great lesson to me, I think. He deals with them. Without being rude, he will deal with them. Mm. And one of the things that I've never been particularly good at in my, my private life or personal life is, is confrontation. I avoid confrontations. I hate confrontation. I've got better over the years. I've, I've got a bit more streetwise and a bit, bit sort of more thick-skinned. Um, but White Feather, I remember a few times people have said to him they've, they've disagreed with him, and he'll always say, well, Come back then if you disagree, you know, uh, give me another chance. We'll, we'll answer it again. And, you know, um, and I remember one occasion where somebody was quite rude to him, really, you know, um, and you, I felt the energies go down. Even though I was in trance, I felt the energies go down in the room. Um, but he, he came back in a very, very um, direct way and he virtually said, well, he did say, this is the truth and I'm not going to change the truth for you. I'm not going to make it fit just because you want it to. I'm not. And he was so, um, without being arrogant, you know, or big-headed or anything, he was very, very sure in himself and what he said. Um, and I thought, you know, we, my wife and I discussed it afterwards, um, and I thought, yeah, that, that, there's, a, there's a lesson in that for me, really. If you believe in something and you know something, I mean, White Feather will always say, you know, he doesn't know everything. But if you know something to be true, then stick to it, you know. And if somebody says no, you know, whatever, and puts you down, okay, that's your that's your problem. But I'm not going to change the truth for you. If I if I believe that and I know it in myself, if I really, then stick stick to it, you know. Stand in your yeah. stand in your power in your light. It is quite incredible that because I, I've witnessed that quite a lot, and um, also in probably Stephen's uh, uh, work with spirit, and when Albert spoke, and uh, some of the other teachers who come through, and you might find some members of groups that are being quite triggered by information, and yeah. you can feel the energy. Or it just has amazed me so many times our spirit can just diffuse it. Yeah, absolutely calm way just diffuse and give them because maybe they see beyond what what i'm seeing in the physical as well they're yeah. seeing that big picture aren't they that's right that's right and you've got to give them the 
the benefit of the doubt sometimes, you know, you know, to, to, to understand that. We see things in a very linear way, very limited way, you know, and they're seeing, the, seeing it in a non-linear fashion, you know, they're seeing the, the whole picture very often, um, you know, and you've got to give them, you've got to give them their due for that, you know. Um, yeah. I remember, I won't go into, into, into names and places, but I remember one I did two years ago um, and uh, there was a question about climate change or as it was then global warming and there was two or three young guys sitting together and they asked they asked the question and white feather gave an answer that they didn't like um you know and they and they were quite um they were quite rude really quite rude in fact i think they got up and walked out um but it didn't phase white feather at all again you know he said well you know i'll leave it with you that's how, that's how i see it i'll leave it with you um and the energies came back up really you know and that's yeah. just whether it's experience or you know i don't know you like to think the guide guides have to be tough don't they to do to do this work you know mm -hmm. to use us and to, to to deal with all these situations they've got to know this stuff they've got to be experienced and white feather often jokes you know that um he, he drew the short straw when we agreed to do this this work before I came here, you know, he said I drew the short sword having to work through him pointing at me. Okay. Um, so we have a laugh about that. Um, but really, you know, you've got to be qualified enough. You, you don't have to get a certificate in in the spirit world or letters after your name, but you've got to have enough life experience and nous, if you want to use the word nous. You, you've got to be mentally strong to be able to deal with this these questions and these people uh, and white feather if he's nothing else he's a master of, of of communicating with people yeah and plus uh, as i said before you know spirit see that i'm sure see that individual's journey and perhaps where's that coming from and perhaps if they've experienced trauma or something they'll, they'll see that whole picture which yeah um it's so so they're able to come at it in in a very open way aren't they they, they know where it'll lead even if somebody walks out they know somewhere that information might drop in 10 years time it might be useful to them when it can be accepted so true it, it's it's that saying again everything for a reason everything it's for a reason yeah. part of trust yeah very true i remember i remember rob there was I was in trance and um, Albert was talking. There was a lady, if you remember, Chris, and she asked Albert when he died and all this information. And he went, well, I can give you all the information, but would you still believe it? Or if I don't know the information, will you still doubt it? So it's all about feeling. What does it feel right? So, well, it feels right to me. So it's a lot of it is intuition. Spirit aren't going to come through and say, I'm going to prove they don't they're not puppets, spirit. We have a we work with spirit, we don't work for spirit. It's a relationship, and that's even people in the congregation as well. Just because you ask, and, and also I remember a teacher saying to us long ago, you can ask any question. But are you prepared for the answer? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm not always like I'm not always like the answers that I've asked. And I was like, oh shoot! 
I'm not going to ask that again. <laughs> and it triggered yeah. me, but it's all part of the learning experience. It's all part of life. Totally and that's agree. how we grow. That's how yeah. we grow. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, I can remember one experience of in our early days learning uh, early in the circle, and we were receiving some information through the transmedium. Uh, it was Anita and a, a wonderful spirit teacher called Watonka who used to come through. And uh, I really struggled with something in answer to a question. And I remember at the time we drove home together, me and Stephen, and I really tore it apart in the car. I don't get this. But, you know, within two weeks it dropped. Yeah. And I just knew it was right. You so, know, it's so, so sometimes things that we ask, like Stephen said, you know, you're only going to get the truth, but it doesn't mean it's going to be an instant click. It no. might take a while to settle within you, but it, you'll always know it'll settle right in your heart if it is true, you know, yeah. however hard it is to accept. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And the thing is, we're so conditioned, you know, on the earth to, to wanting everything now. I think I think mm, yeah. technology and pace of life is, is driving that, you know, we want it now and we, we ask a question, we want the answer, and it, spirit don't work like that, you know. You're working on their timeline really um yeah so uh but as you say you know it will always come to you if if you sincerely need if you need to know you don't always need to know um but if you need to know the answer will be given to you uh, the reason i say need is because sometimes people say to me like um can you give me some past life information you know and and you can't always do that it's not always wise to do that um yes. sometimes if if you if you're strong enough and you're ready and it's got a, a purpose for it then you you can access past life information but other times you could be opening up a can of worms you know and, and spirit won't even they, they don't want to open that up they won't go there so um yeah you, 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 do you think as well rob do you think that applies as well within a circle what we've always found that spirit will always work on the lowest level of the circle so that everybody in the circle understands spirit would never come out with things that people don't understand so it's the same isn't it it, it is yeah and white feathers actually said that to me he said when he when we go out and do a live demonstration or, or even an online one he will pitch he will pitch his talk to the the uh, this, doesn't, this doesn't sound patronizing but he will pitch it to the level of consciousness of the people there because yeah. if it goes over their heads what's the point of that you know it's yeah, a way everyone's done you know you've got to appeal exactly. to their their interest and their reasoning mind you know he will answer any question however deep however complex or however simple you know i've seen him answer some really simple questions but he gives the same energy the same love the same respect to the person that's answered it, uh, asked it, you know, in his answer. So it's all a question of um, a matter of, of pitching it, really, to, to the people mm. that were there. Yeah. Do, do you find uh, with with us here at the mountain, and, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts is uh, with 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 um, White Feather. There is about reincarnation. Do we, so a lot of people now are so interested in reincarnation it is such an emotive subject isn't it i mean once that question opens in an audience and i've seen this 
and it, you could be there for you could literally be there for 10 hours and you've not scratched the surface do you find yeah. that with you as well yeah i mean white feathers always spoken to me about reincarnation um and going back to when i first sat in a development circle believe it or not the the, the, the guy that ran it wasn't a big fan of reincarnation um and it's strangely enough, he changed his views have, having listened to White Feather speak through me in the early wow. days, you know, which I, I found was was deeply humbling, really. Um, so White Feather's always spoken about reincarnation. Um, but it's almost in some ways, I know you say people are interested in it, which they are, but it's almost in, in some ways coming full circle because uh, our, our, our lovely friend David Icke has raised the possibility that yes. uh, we we live in a simulation, um, and that when we pass, you know, we're being recycled. You know, reincarnation reincarnation is actually being recycled back into this earthly. You know, mm. uh, you know, we're like hamsters on a wheel. Um, and and I've listened to him, and I've read his books, and you know, it's it's an interesting point. Of, I'm not saying I agree with him or disagree with him, but it's an interesting point to to uh, discuss and argue yeah, both sides. Um, yeah, I, I, one I, thing he does say, and I, you know, we can't you can't dispute that reincarnation does occur because there's so much evidence out there, so much proof, you know, that, that one way or the other it's happening. Yeah, so, I find that interesting, Rob. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Because a, a couple of people, including David Icke, have mentioned this. I know it's in his new book, The Trap. The Trap, yeah. Um, which I, I haven't read, but I did watch one of his videos on it. And, and I actually like um, watching things that uh, sometimes um, make me question my belief system that I have. Yeah. I, I think that's healthy. And sometimes you come back to originally what you believed. And sometimes that might advance what you believe. Um, but I think, like you say, it's an interesting conversation to have. It is, yeah. And yeah. what interests me is more than one person is saying it at the moment. Mm. That, that's getting my attention a little bit. Well, of course, once something has been sort of released into the collective consciousness of humanity, then people are going to pick up on it, you know, from different parts yeah. of the world, whether it's a, a negative, whether it's true or untrue. Uh, they're going to pick up on it. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you, if you or any of the of the people online here have heard of a, a guy called David Hawkins, Doctor Doctor David R. Hawkins. Now he's an interesting guy. He passed over in two thousand and twelve. Um, wonderful, wonderful teacher. He wasn't a medium, but he was a wonderful spiritual teacher. Very knowledgeable, and his. Um, his thing was based on uh, kinesiology, on the muscle test. And what he did with the muscle test, he had a, a subject hold her, hold her arm out and he would press on the, on the wrist uh, to see if something was true or not true. And you've got to phrase the question in, in a very, very careful way. Um, and from this process, he developed a thing called the map of consciousness, which shows how people, um, their consciousness goes from the very lowest to the very highest. On his chart, the highest is a 1,000, and you're looking at, like, Jesus and the Buddha and 
you know, the elevated, you know, ascended masters, if you like. Lowest, I think, is, is shame, which calibrates at 20. The midpoint is 200. And if you calibrate over 200, you're into the positive aspects of life. If you calibrate below 200, you're into the negatives. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because were he alive, he alive today, he could ask, you can ask a question on anything across all space and time, on any person, any situation, any event, and you can get an answer as to whether it's true or not true. And he did a lot of tests with different people, you know, hundreds of people, to, to calibrate these series of questions. So it wasn't just from his mind, it was from, from a, a good cross-section of people to see if something was true or false. Um, and it's interesting if you read his books. I've read several of his books, and there's things all through history that he's calibrated. Is this true? Was this teacher, you know, a, a false prophet? Was he a good, genuine spirit, you know, teacher? And it's it's interesting. And you can ask any question where you, you don't know the answer. And where does a medium can sort of link with their guide and try and get an answer? He was doing it from a different direction through the kinesiology, through the muscle testing. And the way that that works is that it bypasses the conscious mind because the unconscious mind knows whether something is positive or negative. If it's true, the body, the arm stays rigid. If it's not true, the arm can't fight it. It just collapses. It can't even a, a slight touch and the arm will go down. So that's the, the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind communicating in a way that bypasses conscious thought. It's a fascinating subject. If you, if you look at it, he's got some good um, uh, videos out there on YouTube and he's got a website. And, and even though he's passed, his teaching still, you know, uh, he's got there's a lot of study groups. You know, he's got a lot of followers around the world. But I found his approach. He was a, um, a psychiatrist as well. That was his full-time profession. But a fascinating guy. But I was just thinking about wow. him when you mentioned reincarnation. You know, is it true? Is it false? Ideal, ideal thing to, to put to the test through that method. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and through some of the theories that, that are out there, um, there are some that go very deep. We're just in the process, actually, of reading a book called The Bringers of Dawn. I don't know if you've heard of that one before. No. It's quite from the net, but that also gives another take on uh, what we're living through in this experience. And uh, and sort of the thoughts that come to me at this moment in time, we can find out so much, but there's only so, so much we can handle here. Some things are... A little bit the great mystery. Yeah. We only find out when we're back in spirit, back back in that collective energy. There are some things that we we just won't understand here in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's very true. And of course, you know, that raises the great question in itself. Um, you know, true wisdom is knowing that you don't know. You know, I think I like that. Ignorance is, yeah. you know, oh, I know that. I know the answers. I've done it all. I've still, I've been there. I know it all. You know, that's ignorance. But knowing that you don't know, because you don't really. I mean, one of the things that, going back to David Hawkins, 
one of the things he says in all of his books is that the human mind, certainly below 200, which is 85% of the world population, is incapable of um, knowing truth from falsehood. It's incapable. The mind does cannot know truth from falsehood. It can be coerced or directed or conditioned into believing something to be true through repetition um, and all and other and other methods. And it was it will say this is the truth, and it isn't the truth. But it believe because it believes it, the mind takes it on. Then it becomes true to that person. And it's only when you start to calibrate over 200 and upwards that you, you begin to see that all of those things that you thought were written in stone, you know, uh, because it's been handed down from your parents and your school teachers and the history books and so on and so forth, you realise maybe it isn't true, you know, and you start to see things not from the level of mind but from the level of pure awareness which is what you are which is uh you know when, when that awareness comes into form it works through a filter works through a lens which is your mind and that mind filters everything it's like putting a, a pair of orange sunglasses on everything you see is orange you don't know it's orange because you've always worn the sunglasses but everything mm. you see is the same when you take the glasses off wow well, that's that's not what I've been led to believe. That's you know, and it's like you're entering a different mm. reality, you know. But you've what you've got as well, and part of the matrix, you've got what is very very difficult. You've got a lot of distortion around the electromagnetic field of the Earth, and that channeling that pure energy, channeling that being a receiver of that information has to, is getting filtered through that so again a lot of our work is to clear away lift the vibrations clear this negative falseness distortions heaviness so that more of the purity can be transmitted we can be, become more transmittable receivers of light and love which we are, aren't we? I think in, in that David Hawkins information that you're talking about, that for me, that just tells me that really deep within our soul, in our in our true consciousness, we are all we are all relatable. We are all brothers and sisters and we know what truth is. Mm. Unfortunately, our conditioning distorts that, like you said, that lens of yeah. 2012. And we have to navigate through all that in life and get rid of that. And it, it's incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. It can it? be difficult, yeah, yeah. But if you can find a way of uh, negating the mind or going beyond the mind, um, which you can in altered states, you know, you can you can do it, um, then, then reality appears totally different to what we're led to believe that it is. Um, mm. It's only... White Feather will often say, you know, I'm not here to teach you anything. Um, I'm only here to help you remember what you've forgotten. Uh, and that's true. You know, we, we, we do know this. You know, we are, we are, if we're, if we are God, if we are, you know, infinite spirit, infinite awareness, then, then we have this perfection already there. But at this level, so true. you know, we've forgotten it. It's become masked, if you like. 
it's become veiled. I think that's a good word, veiled, you know. Uh, yeah, do you, know what I find in, do you know what I find interesting there, Rob, what you mentioned? And it's a discussion and something I've sort of felt for many years where I've seen when uh, spirit come through and give information, they're not meant to be like orders into the letter. Mm. And I've seen actually when people do that, that it doesn't really lead them into a necessarily always into a good place. And and recently, uh, uh, this book I've read has sort of confirmed something for me, which I've always felt they're giving you a little piece of the a crumb, if you want, of the puzzle, something to lead you there that will open up the information you already have within your spirit. Yeah. So helping you to unlock it. So they won't give you the whole picture, the exact, but just enough to unlock within you so you can be your own guide so you can yeah trust your intuition i feel that's so important very true yeah i mean again another, another thing that white feather said to me a few years ago that, that ties in with that he said you don't have to get all your information from from me uh or from spirit guides he said um and he gave me the analogy which you'll all i'm sure resonate with of cloud, the cloud information, when you talk about computing, uh, information oh, yeah. is stored in the cloud and retrieved from the cloud. And he said, think of, uh, think of it in those terms, that there's, there's information out there um, in the non-physical realms that is almost like it's stored in the cloud. And when you're ready and you resonate with it, you can retrieve it. Because it, you know, it will be, you know, it it will flow into you because you are at that level, that frequency where you resonate with it, and it doesn't involve spirit guides or anything. You can you can get it directly yourself, just as you would on a computer by logging in and retrieving it from the cloud, and you you're, you're logging in to spirits, you know, or to the non-physical realms energetically because you've reached that level of frequency. And you can access that information. Um, and this is why, you know, like we said earlier, you know, people from different parts of the world will come out with the same things at the same, roughly the same time, because it's out yeah. there, but they just happen to be ready. And they're logging into it unconsciously, you know, they're logging into it. Their, their frequency is, is uh, you know, resonating with it. Yeah, and what, what I find as well, Rob, is... Um you know the truth it's it can be spoken in many different ways but the core of it is similar and i've seen that in uh things that will strongly resonate with things that we know to be uh, true knowledge from spirit and i've read them in other books but just written in slightly different ways but the essence of the of it is there yeah and it sort of leads me on a little bit to where so i wanted to talk about is um some of the books uh, that, that uh, you put together through the yeah. teachings of White Feather. Now, how did that come about? How how did that progress? Well, we found over the years um, we were gathering recordings, um, and sometimes people would send us recordings if we'd done a live demonstration somewhere. They'd send us a recording afterwards, and and I started typing these up. Uh, over the years, a lot of work went into it, you know, painstaking. It'd be a 
word for word. Could be a soft job. <laughs> soft job. Yeah, none, none of your, um, you know, voice recognition or whatever um, software about in those days. So I'd got quite a few, and I thought, mm, you know, it'd be nice if we could put these into a book, which I did in 19, uh, 1998, I think, Truth from the White Brotherhood. Um, and that, that was well received. And uh, I've still got a lot of information left over. So we put it into a second book, The Golden Thread, and then a third book, uh, Answers for an Inquiring Mind. And then we found out that we could, you know, they were popular. So we um, made more recordings over the years, you know, as, as, as White Feather's teachings broadened and people's questions and, and uh, changed with what was going on in the world and the way that human understanding was changing. Um, and we actually, we've actually done, I think, uh, six or seven, I don't know, I've lost count now, White Feather books, most of them in the same format with, with uh, philosophy and questions and answers. Um, and in some ways they were similar to the Silver Birch books um, yeah. that came out years ago. Um, and they've been popular. So, um, you know, I mean, even... Fantastic way of sharing the knowledge as well. Yeah, I think so. And it's, you know, I like to think in, in some small way, it, it, you know, it's something that can be left for, you know, when I'm not here, when I'm gone, and maybe some people have a look and, th and have a think, well, you know, that was, there was something in that, you know. Um, yeah. And it's nice, it's nice to leave things for people, for future generations. At one stage, they, they used to sell all the White Feather books at the Arthur Finley College, um for years they did that and then they suddenly stopped doing it um when it was taken over i think by different owners um you know but we still sell a few online and and, and we've got them all into amazon as well for electronic format which is a good thing as well yeah wonderful so, um, yeah how does um white feather feel feel about that um that his teachings are, is that part, is that, was, do you feel that's part of the, the divine purpose that that was meant to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he always said, it's not about him. It's about the message, mm. about, the, about the teachings, about the philosophy in fairness to him. Um, but isn't it interesting that my background, when I left school, I went into printing mm. and I worked for, <laughs> I don't know, 50 years in printing. Uh, and, and I went into marketing, learned to do uh, to operate a computer. I was a graphic designer, so I was in that field, and I've got all the the knowledge and the and the contacts and the print contacts to be able to to do those books. And we've published them because mainstream publishers aren't interested, you know. I mean, yeah. if Prince Harry or somebody, you know, or, or Jeremy Clarkson, you got a bestseller, you know, you don't have to work at it. Do you? But if, if you're Robert Goodwin or White Feather, you know, they're not interested. <laughs> so, you know, we, did, we published them ourselves. And we haven't sold volumes, but I'd like to think that the people who were drawn to the information, who needed it, you know, were able to get it. And we sell mostly, you know, when we've done a live demo, you know, we, we normally sell 10 or 12, 15 books afterwards because people have connected with the guide as a, you know, a living entity, you know, not just something yeah. that's, that's on paper and when they when they've heard him through me it's a different thing you know they want they want more um mm. <coughs> so it's been a privilege really been a privilege there, there, there has been the danger though i mean i remember reading 
many many years ago i the first ever silver birch book and I, and I couldn't remember what part of the book that they didn't like there is this fear with the human mind of worshipping spirit you know we know the damage of what religion has done when 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 trans mediums begin their journey and you've got a specific guy that works with that medium and you have people that end up can become quite infatuated with with that process where people see spirits knowledge as gospel yeah. and 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 really that's the, the toxic side that can often have you felt that as that come in a little bit yeah 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 you do get anyone that sticks their head above the parapet you know and and and, and and delivers a message of any kind, they're going to get somebody that shoots at them, you know. And mm. uh, I've had that over the years, personally. You get jealousy, you know. There's uh, one-upmanship, you know, competition, um, you know, all sorts of human emotions, you name it, you know, you, you experience it. Um, and it, it's difficult at times, but White Feather, as I say, you know, he, he knows what he's about and, you know, um, I like to think we've got a good, strong sort of spiritual relationship. We trust each other um, and we know what we're here to do. And, and touch wood, you know, thank God we've been allowed to do it for a number of years. Um, and I'll take my hat off to White Feather because he's, if nothing else, he's been consistent in his teachings. He's been loyal. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, he, he would never say that he knows everything. Um, mm. But what he does know, he knows. And he's not going to change it because some new theory comes along, you know. Um, you got, you'd have to prove it to him. And and, and, and the, I'm sure that uh, you'd have to win an argument as to why, you know, it should be mm. it should be taken on, um, which, which is how it should be, really. Um, mm. I mean... Absolutely. I mean, I've changed my personal views in a, in a little way over the last 10 years, um, which has been a challenge in some ways. You know, I've come more into non-duality understanding. Um, but I've spoken to White Feather about this. And, you know, it doesn't really, when you get down to the core of it, it doesn't really conflict with what we know about the afterlife and spiritualism and reincarnation and all of that it doesn't really conflict um i don't know if you know about non-duality i mean if you take it to the extreme like some non-dual teachers will they'll say there is no you there's no individual there there's no person there you know uh which i find difficult to get my head around that you know yeah. um you can put all sorts of arguments, you know, we are all one. We are all part of the same consciousness, you know, and I won't go into it in depth now, but, but I've spoken to white feather and white feather has talked upon it as well. He's, he's brought it through in teaching and, and I've sort of come to a, a state of peace in my own mind, you know, resolved any differences, I think. Um, and I can go along with it, you know, but it's like anything you get extremists, don't you? You know, in Christianity, you get extremists. Yeah. You know, in, in some religions, you get like jihad, jihadis and, you know, suicide bombers and those who want to kill in the name of God. You always get extremists in anything. 
Um, and spiritualism is no different. And non-duality is no different. You know, you get those yeah. who think they, they've got the answer. They've got the, you know, they know it all and this is how it is. And you, you've got to follow it or, or you know, don't, you know you, you're on the wrong path. You know, you get into all these sort of situations and arguments and, you know, it's no good, really. It's no good. It's always having debates, you know. Um, you've got to give and take a bit. And I think the best the best um, guidance or the best answer I could give is for anyone is to go within themselves and just just step back from the mind and just, just go into the silence and the peace, you know, and just find the answers there because it's all there. The answers are there. Um it's only when you start sort of getting involved in I'm right, you're wrong and all that, that you get all this disparity, you know. Um, well, it's the, the ego, ego side. The ego, I, mean, yeah. uh, I think there's nothing, in a way, there's nothing wrong with having reasonable and balanced talks and, and, and exchanging experiences and opinions, but as long as it's done in a, in a respectful way with one another, and I actually feel that's something we're majorly failing at as a society because what you're seeing at the moment is either side which isn't right anywhere you look at it is attacking one another for the belief systems more divide where let's yeah. just have reasonable conversations let's put it out there and yeah uh, you know let, let's exchange in a reasonable way without getting personal yeah without pointing fingers or getting nasty or negative and i, I think that's something we've we really need to overcome, you know. We, we I feel like we've seen a lot of that uh, uh, the last year or so. We really are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in some ways, society has become more tolerant, I think, and more open. But in other ways, you know, you, you get these extremists and, you know, who want to force their ways and their views on, on other people. So you've almost got this sort of, two sides of the coin haven't you you know it's almost yeah. a constant sort of battle you know or to and fro one and the other i always i always say there's a you know in between these opinions somewhere there's a sweet spot in the middle that's the that's the yeah. right place to yeah. Be. yeah yeah I, I think um you know if you can respect other people's views even if you disagree with them you know um the one thing I always say is that, you know, they've got a right to have that view. I might vehemently disagree with it, you know, um, but they, I, I respect their right to hold that view. Um, and I think when you, when you, when you deny that, uh, then you're getting into dangerous territory, you know. Um, I agree. That's, that's you, learn a lot, you, you learn a lot more and that's something that, I've had to tap into what I've been, I've been leaning into part of my evolution and growth is learning to observe because when you observe, you, you, you listen more and you learn more. Yeah. And that's because everybody can give an opinion. Everyone can talk. And, and I'm trying to learn that myself when you sit and you listen, it's so much more nourishing because it's not about who's right or wrong. Because everybody's ready to to talk. Everyone's and when you're ready to talk, you're not listening. And I think that is where we've got to learn to listen to one another again. Yeah. Learn to listen. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah, I'm with you on that definitely. Well, it's been so, absolutely amazing. It's been a, a really uh, lovely chat, and it's been so interesting um, tonight. Uh, but but. 
always sort of as we finish up with these talks, I always like to bring it into the, the current uh, because I feel it had, um, you know, talking about what's going on in the world. And we, we did last time a little towards the end, but um, what I'd be interesting to know is your sit-ins at the moment or recent sit-ins with White Feather, um, has he spoke on what's occurring on the earth at the minute or, uh, you know, yeah. how the... Does he see things unfolding at this moment? Yeah, he, he, he acknowledges that there's um, uh, an energy at work, if you like, which is a negative energy, um, which is manifesting in different ways. Um, and it's sort of, it's, it's been there for a while. And it's now coming out into the open. It's becoming more obvious. And it, it's all about control by the few over the many um and he's his take on that which is always been really is that the only way that's going to change is, is is if human consciousness collectively um rises if you like and becomes more aware and starts uh, living and being and thinking and acting in a, in a more spiritual way in other words a higher consciousness emerges and sometimes, you know, it can be darkest just before the dawn. And there's a lot of yes, darkness around okay. at the moment, a lot of evil, a lot of, a lot of bad things happening. Um, maybe the old ways, the old system is, you know, crumbling, and we haven't really seen that yet, but it's sort of trying to hold on to the old ways. And there's always going to be some pain uh, when the old gives way to the new. And... In my experience, you know, what you see on the, on, in, in the public perception through the mainstream media uh, and what you see in, in life is one thing, um, but what you see under the surface is something else. And there's a lot of people, in my experience, who are becoming aware now, who are waking up, uh, yes. who are opening, mm -hmm. opening up to a higher understanding of, the, of what's, what the world's about and, and they're realising that, We've been lied to for, for centuries, still being lied to today, and there's a lot of manipulation of, of people going on, and they're becoming aware of that. They haven't yet reached the critical mass, if you like, where the scales are going to tip and it's going to go the other way. I don't quite know when or how that's going to happen, but it will happen. Um, and, and when it does, you're going to see uh, a lot of the old ways go crumble yeah there will be some pain in that and i think a lot of people will pass as a result of it but it's got to happen because the the the, the, the way things are going is fundamentally wrong it's against yeah. spirit it's anti-life it's anti-spirit anti-truth and that can only that can only last for so long and just to finish off, just going back to, again, David Hawkins, who wrote in his book, Power Versus Force, uh, a great truth that you can hold things in place through force, through technology, through, through armies, through wars, and through crushing people. You can hold things in place for so long through force but force requires continual energy, and that energy's got to be drawn from somewhere. Power is different. 
power is natural. Power is spiritual. Power is what we are. Power is not force. It's different from force. Force is limited. An engine uses force in order to, to work and drive a car, but it's got to have a continual feed of petrol and oil and all, all the other things, and it will only run for so long. But real, real energy is all around us. And it's the same with, with, with us as people. When we stop using force to keep our limited uh, sense of, of what we think reality is, should be in place, and when we let that go and we operate from, from the heart centre with real power and real love, then the world will change. That will come about. It may not be in our lifetime on this earth, Certainly won't be in my lifetime, I don't think, on the earth, but it will come about. And we're playing a part in that. We're just at the beginning of it. You know, what we do should not be overlooked or overshadowed. You know, we're, we're as much a part of it. And, and everyone that's here listening to this and everyone that's on the earth is not here by accident. You're here yeah. at this time because you chose to be, or you, you're meant to be here. So do your best. Do what you can in your in your orbit. That's all you can do. But stand in your light and, and, and be true to yourself. That's the best advice I can give. Um, but White Feather's very much aware of what's going on, but he always speaks in these terms, and he said that darkness cannot, cannot uh, stop the light. If you take a, a match into a dark room, that darkness is gone. It's gone. It can't. It's got no resistance to it, and that's the difference between power and force. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for those wise words, Rob. I feel like the perfect time to to close this this episode and this chat. I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us, and and everyone as well who's who's been listening or whether you watched us or listening. Thank you so much for being part of this space. And until we speak again, we want to send lots of love to everybody out there. Yeah. Until we speak again, bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you for watching the Collective Awakening.